मित्रों की हाल है तुम्हारे तो सारे ठीक हो वेलकम टू द थर्ड एपिसोड ऑफ द तरीक नामा पॉडकास्ट एंड इन दिस वन दैट विल बी डिस्कसिंग 20th सेंचुरी कॉलोनियलिज्म एंड राइट ऑफ द बैट आई वुड इनवाइट शेरोस टेक थिंग्स फॉरवर्ड ओके थैंक यू हसन सो द रीजन फॉर डूइंग दिस पॉडकास्ट इज बिकॉज़ हर बार की तरह मतलब जैसे हर कुछ हफ्तों बाद एक ओपिनियन आ जाता है कि यू नो चर्चिल ना होता तो मतलब दुनिया मतलब तबाह हो चुकी होती हिटलर ये कर चुका होता हिटलर वो कर चुका होता एंड यू नो ऑल ऑफ दिस यू नो मे बी इट्स ट्रू टू सम एक्सटेंट बट व्हाट इट डज एसेंशियली इज दैट इट सॉर्ट ऑफ इरेजेस ऑल द क्राइम्स दैट द ब्रिटिश यू नो डेड इन द फॉर्म ऑफ Colonial, uh, in the form of colonialism, and it just it essentially whitewashes colonialism. It whitewashes all the crimes. It whitewashes all the grievances of the former colonies. And this podcast is going to be dispelling those myths through looking at contributions of the former colonies to the British victory, to the uh, allies, to the Allied victory. And not only that, it will also look at you know the. trauma and the economic repercussions that these wars and the uncolonialism in general had on the colonies something that is affecting our regions to this day so whenever we talk about pehli baat to for the longest time there was you know no real acknowledgement of the contributions that soldiers from the foreign colonies had made to the allied cause against uh the axis powers in the world wars but i sta i sta matlab if you go through the intelligence ab- abstracts of the time you realize there was a very real very coordinated effort to erase the deaths of indian soldiers for example from all war correspondents indian families back home they did not find out whether their whether the sons and the daughters that sent with the british army whether they were alive or not their deaths were hidden their sites of uh, burial were completely hidden and there was a coordinated effort to mit- to show deaths from the colonies as minimal as possible with time this changed with time the acknowledgement did come in but still it did not really you know capture the horrors that colonialism itself and the involvement of the colonies in the world wars had on life in the colonies in general and even when there was this acknowledgement there it was in the form of statistics and numbers okay this many people this regiment mein us jagah itne log mare gaye and stuff like that but nothing about the real very real human experience that uh you know soldiers from the colonies went through so one of the ways in which we are going to experience that is by looking at folklore about how songs and poems were you know written to memorialize the memorialize not only the bravery but also the horrors that not only the soldiers who went with the british army but also their families back home had to face so one of the regions which was a very you know uh important important recruiting ground for the colonial army was the punjab because sikhs were considered a martial race so 
one of the ways in which we can explore this is by looking at poems from we are looking at poems from the Punjab. So when you look at the work of Mahmood Awan, who's a Punjabi poet, he writes deeply about not only the fear that Punjabi soldiers faced during the world wars, but also the fears that their families faced back home. So he writes uh, about, he writes this line, which basically says, uh, for those who don't speak Punjabi, it means okay, the crows have lost their feathers. Germans, please stop. Our sons are already dead. Basically, when they're when he's writing about uh, you know the soldiers, and this is not just located in Punjab. This is across uh, across India and South Asia in general. When you look at uh, you know folklore in the language Gharwali, which is spoken in Uttarakhand, you also find similar uh, poems, uh, one of which basically says German Pasu, which basically says I have to confront the Germans in the war. And this thought brings big teardrops in my eyes. And oh mother, whether I should board the ship or not. So bravery to soldiers you know, memorialize contributions ethnic contributions and everything but you're also missing out on the very real experience of fear and trauma that the wars uh, in wars had on the soldiers and their families when you look at you know uh, economics of it you also realize for example if you look at the region of Sindh, one of the ways in which uh, the, uh, the reason was impacted was because of the severing of trade ties that the region had with, for example, Japan. Because of a war that the people and the traders of Sin did not choose themselves, it was the British. It was the British who chose this war, and everyone else had to just go with it because they were the rulers. So, the the one of the trading communities in Sin, the Baiban community, they use. It is quoted in official figures that before the before uh, the uh, before the British and the Japanese went uh, went against each other, uh, trade with Japan and other areas other uh, uh, areas in general used to bring in uh, a figure of around you know like five to ten crore rupees a year to like it became a it was a rich province because of this trade trade was one of the main reasons why there was so much money to go around in Sin. because of the clashes with the japanese and the severing of trade ties with the japanese all of this money stopped coming in and it hugely impacted the local economy now we're not even talking about the very direct in very direct economic impact of the world wars and the and colonialism in general which is something that hamza will talk about after me this is just an indirect impact this is just something that you know one day the british matlab, yeah but look this this is a very real thing that is very often ignored and to go deeply into the economics of it i will uh, pass the mic on to hamza now okay so so Shiro has laid down basically the pain and the trauma that was felt in 
in the poems of the people who suffered through British colonialism. And actually, there's more, much more of that as well. Uh, what I want to talk about is how did British actually destroy India and other colonies, for example. We'll take India as the main example, South Asia, because today's coffee would debate is going on. हर जगह पे इंटरनेट पे भी और एक कॉलोनियल डिफेंडर को भी उन्होंने इनवाइट किया आज से कुछ दो साल पहले एक पेपर आया था विच वॉज वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग और अब तक उसकी कोई रेफ्यूटेशन इतनी खास नहीं आई एकेडमिक सर्कल्स में पटनायक एन इंडियन इकोनॉमिस्ट she actually calculated using historical data she calculated that british stole 45 trillion dollars from india 45 trillion is just keep that number in mind throughout their colonial history 45 trillion dollars were stolen out of india ab wo kis tarah tha wo is tarah tha ke pehle to british when they came to india दिस होल कॉलोनियल ये जो एम्पायर है इट्स अ बिट डिफरेंट फ्राम लेट से जो बाकी इम्पीरियल एम्पायर होते हैं जैसे यू नो दर्ड जैपनीज इम्पीरियलिज्म है बिकॉज वो एम्पायर जो थे दे वर्क ऑन ए स्पेसिफिक आइडियोलॉजी वर्क इन अ वेरी सिस्टमेटिक वे ब्रिटिश एम्पायर वर्क इन अ वेरी है they were trying to exert control over india but in different ways matlab kisi jagah wo kuch karte the kisi jagah wo kuch karte the it was very sort of you know chaotic way of going the main thing that was driving them was profits and extraction so wo kisi jagah wo farmers ko destroy karte the kisi jagah for example bengal mein which then hasan uh, lead into it as well bengal mein they actually destroyed fertilization uh, i mean i know i guess you guys know ke jo pre-colonial India was, especially Bengal was on its way to industrialization. It's called proto-industrialization. So they were on their way there. So I'm not implying that India was some utopia before colonial empire. It had, it had its own problems. Uh, we don't know okay, how it would have turned out if the colonizer had not come there. But the, but the British actually stopped that industrialization. And they destroyed it completely. They, they disempowered. अब डिसम्पावर्ड के बाद एक तो ये चीज़ आ गई कि हैप हैजली इन्होंने एक रूथलेस कैपिटलिज्म को फॉलो करते हुए इन्होंने किया एंड दूसरी चीज़ है दिस वॉज एट वन लेवल एट द सेकेंड लेवल देर ऑल्सो डूइंग समथिंग दैट वॉज सिस्टमैटिक विच वॉज डिस्ट्रॉइंग इंडियाज ओन इंस्टीट्यूशन एंड एंड दिस वन थिंग एज यू गैस वुड हैव रेड एन एनी पर्सन हिस्ट्री वुड नो कि जब कलोनियल ऑफिसर्स के आप रिकॉर्ड्स पढ़ते हो तो दे डिस्क्राइब पीपल ऑफ इंडिया एज अनगवर्नेबल और ये वैसे हमारे ब्यूरोक्रेट्स के फोन में भी कभी कभी ये बात आती है अनगवर्नेबल क्राउड एक बहुत ही एक बहुत ही फेमस बुक भी है एक बहुत ही फेमस इकोनॉमिस्ट बिल्कुल बिल्कुल राजदारी सिखा के वो हम पे एहसान कर रहे हैं अब जो 
अब उसका उसका नुकसान ये है कि दे इनफोर्स ऑर्डर ऑन टू इंडिया इन अ वे के दैट इंडिया की जो इंटरनल रिजिलियंस है ना वो डिस्ट्रॉय किसी जगह हुई भी है फॉर एग्जाम्पल इन एक्सेप्शनल केसेस जैसे मोहम्मद बिन तुगलिंगीजन internal resilience community resilience because the fact is that these communities have lived in this in this land for thousands of years they had they had adopted ways of uh, you know living unko pata tha ki acha agar barish ek saal nahi hogi to humne kya karna hai hamara procedure kya and more importantly they had control over matlab kisi had tak for a brief time moguls actually took away that control from them jab moguls ka wo mansabdari system hai for the most part they had control over that resources they not all groups caste ka masla tha aur masle the but communities were capable of capable enough of dealing with their own problems and bengal again bengal is very important in all of this ke the biggest famine uh, that came in the colonial period was not the bengal famine of uh, 1943 it was the bengal famine of uh, late 18th century the great bengal famine this made 10 million log mare which was one third of the population of bengal which is the modern day bangladesh and west bengal million aur wo kaise mare jo british east india company was responsible for ruling bengal at that time unke kuch rules the ek to grains pe they had free market rules ye grains pe koi regulation nahi thi secondly unhone industrialization to already destroy kar di thi बट उन्होंने बंगाल के अंदर और भी जगहों पे उन्होंने इनको फूड क्रॉप से हटाकर कैश क्रॉप्स पे लगाया जिससे फूड रेजिलियंस एक जो इंटरनल कम्युनिटी की है वो टूट जाती है और तीसरा दे रिफ्यूज टू डिक्लेयर इट अ फैमिन लाइक जब एक फैमिन आता है तो आप प्लानिंग करते हो कि यार अच्छा अब अब कुछ मेरा ख्याल है कोई रोक दिया जाए कोई रोकथाम कर दी जाए कुछ कुछ सोल्यूशन उसके निकाले जाए सो दे रिफ्यूज टू डू दैट and they continued doing that in the 18th century and even after the british government had taken control after the 1857 independence war uh, the last uh, few decades of uh, the last sort of 50 years of 19th century there were 24 famines in india 24 jisme millions mein death ho rahi thi and uska reason kya tha again koi ki resilience tod di gayi thi aur British का फोकस वॉज प्रॉफिट ब्रिटिश का फोकस वॉज कम्प्लीट प्रॉफिट कि जो ब्रिटिश स्टेट थी विच वॉज द स्टेट ब्रिटिश एम्पायर इन इंडिया इट वॉज डिजाइन नॉट टू सर्व द पीपल ऑफ इंडिया इट वॉज डिजाइन टू एक्सट्रैक्ट और उसका खैर आज भी हमें लेगे फील होती है is this point ke it was such a bad situation famines pe ke uh, there is a famous social historian who is actually referred as a late victorian holocausts because he believes ke yeah. these were deliberate 
examples of mass murder by British, if not genocide, outright genocide. So, and they were so bad that the British public took notice, which is which was a rarity. British public took notice. They like that. Hey, India, what are they doing? Now, what does this People are dying. So, after that, British were forced to make uh, the famine courts, which for many years post independence, after that, famine courts in India and Pakistan were still going on. So the point is, was such bad that even उनके अपने लोगों को समझ नहीं आ रहा था कि ये क्या हुआ. But again, उसका भी कोई फायदा नहीं हुआ because वो famines continued to work. Extractive state, state famine, India की internal resilience तोड़ दी गई. Money was already being taken away. India की अपनी internal markets तबाह हो चुकी थी. Again, I don't even need to repeat the whole textile thing. कि textile oh. India की textile industry को destroy करके what they used to do is कि India से cotton भेजते थे वो British में British में उसको produce करते थे और India की market में उसको बेचते थे। So it was complete. What should I say? Hair. So I want to lead using this point. I want to lead into 20th century. ये सारा 19th century में कर चुके थे वो तमाशा। 20th century में उन्होंने क्या किया? So basically, I know that we've been discussing the British only, but I would like to point out. इस हिमाम में सारे एम्पायर्स नगे खड़े हैं, but coming back उस पॉइंट में बाद में आएंगे। क्वेश्चन पॉइंट यहाँ पे आता है कि then of course ये सेंचुरी में the two world wars happened and इसमें शरूस ने बात की and which history kind of forgets or paints over is a lot of it was fought on the shoulders of the colonial armies और कॉलोनीज की जो आर्मीज हैं उसकी बेसिस पे पे there's this village, this like this story always kind of moves me as a sort this is village this first Victorian cross was and I found out in World War One that village sent two World War Two they sent additional they sent the largest in South Asia, collectively, what you can the army which fought the British, and this does not count. And this was the largest reserve army ever raised in the history of the British Empire. But interestingly, you will find out, you will find out. This only happens. This was whitewash, or this was erased from history until recently. A lot of the Sikh diaspora came forward, and there are a lot of local historians who are publishing now accounts showing what the Indian uh, army did. But that's one point. Dusra point, yeah, like while World War II was raging on, I know Hamza pointed out about the famines in the 19th century. I would like to point out one that is was deliberate was the Bengal famine. Roughly, give or take, billion tons, billion tons of meat was taken out of India and sent to the front lines, and which led to almost three million people dying of famine in Bengal. And when, as some quotes go, even you can look it up online, and Churchill was told about this, he reportedly said, "They are a ghastly nation, and they breed like rabbits. I don't care if a few of them die." And the thing is. A, a lot of work has been gone into abs absolving Churchill of this, and this actually shows up. And this is just not just one example. 
or what has been done since you know independence or since these empires left their colonies alone for example if i look towards you know thoda me europe thoda aage jata hu i look towards belgium uh, we hear about king leopold the second and we find out that literally the usukat 19th century ke jo empires hain they handed him free reigns over the congo and he is estimated to have killed 10 million people 10 million congolese people just for extractive purposes so basically he made belgium made its wealth on the basis of rubber which kind of found jiski uh, demand them se bad gayi and one of the favorite ways of the way is the tortured people was they would cut off their hands they did not need the rubber coat and the jo wahan pe soldiers the they could go home after they cut a certain number of coat their hands were cut there was people who would who were actually incentivized to cut the people's hands so that they and when and and if you look at the and interestingly not interestingly chala mani chahiye ke when you look at this and you look at the quotes attributed to leopold when he was informed that this is what's happening in the congo he disapproved of people getting cutting the hands of others he said cut off hands that's idiotic at cut off all the rest of them but not hands that's the one thing i need in congo the french which which they show themselves as you know these modern progressive people one of the things jo unki history mein rewrite kar diya gaya hai after world war 2 was ke for those who don't know a quick basic lesson france was one of the first countries to fall under nazis uh, nazi rule so they propped up a government which is france ke naam se french and jab free armies allies ke sath jo reh gayi thi they were their colonies almost more than 50% of their army was made of people from the african colonies notably algeria yes and yahan se normandy ka unhone beach khola unhone ka front khola allies ne so they were advancing towards paris and ab dispute is there but orders pass on kiye gaye from the high command allied high command se ki jab france jab paris ko retake kiya jaye the unit that enters has to be all white they the one the only all white french unit was posted in morocco so that they the other allied forces cleared the way so they actually march forward and get there in time tab bhi even in that unit there were a few black people unhone kiosk unit se they handed over their, their uniform to people from spain and from portugal that the first unit that entered paris of its liberation was all white even during the war people were you know history was being rewritten the day germany surrendered uh 8 uh like 8 may banta that very day while the rest of europe was celebrating victory in europe day france dropped thousands of bombs and algeria thousands of people so this is the brief history of what these empires were doing these are just a few glimpses so i would come back and i would point out that there are two ways in which uh, this can be taken back because even right now our history has rewritten has been written by these people so much aap question karte ho you are told that you should be grateful you should be grateful for the railways you should be grateful for your churchill mia khud uth ke gaye ja ke wo france cross kiya ja ke logo ja ke unne maar diya you should be grateful for that but i would like to point out that that is not simply true history is political for so long it has been written by white people and it has always shown them in a curious light and it kind of you know 
white cloth over her face. There's a movement. And the French government was forced to ship back the statue and it's there in France right now. Other statues were released to showcase what was up during the independence. Surprisingly, you'll notice that Pakistan may, I don't know about India, but Pakistan may you won't find such money. You will find them to certain facilities, yes, you'll find them in but outside of them you won't find. You will that's that's it. Is you know rest of the freedom fighters with rest of the and so this this I feel is very important, especially given in the context of all this and how this is the fifth year of the war. Uh, We'll keep rewriting history of the History is political and it needs to be you know taken apart and needs to be discussed. So that's it from my side. And I would go back to the floor and see if and I would like to I would like to end uh, with this and I would like to go back to the open floor and I would like to go back to Hamza and and see if they have any points. Um, about the point that uh, Hassan mentioned uh, regarding this idea that we should be thankful. And obviously, you know, the railways and uh, the raising of the police force, that all comes in every single time. So I'd like to quote another thing from one of the books that uh, Hamza mentioned, uh, the late Victorian Holocaust. Um, you can... You know, it says, Mike Davis says in this uh, Boglade Victorian Holocaust that if, and the reason why I bring this quote up every single time when I'm having this discussion is because, you know, it in one go dispels every single claim of, you know, this uh, benevolent, every single claim of the British being a benevolent force that came to civilize and came to make everything better for us. And it says that if the history of the British rule in India were to be considered into a single fact, condensed into a single fact, um, it is this. There was no increase, and I'm repeating this, this is, uh, there was no increase in India's per capita income from 1757 to 1947. That's 190 years of no increase in the per capita income. And all this while, we are being told that this is something you should be thankful for. Excuse me if I'm not being thankful for this. You know, you can pedal the railways, you can pedal the police force, you can pedal the development, you can pedal the lands down bridge, you can pedal the lands down lands down bridge, you can pedal the lands down bridge. The fact that material things better in the that's something I'm not going to be thankful for and also uh, sorry i want to add yeah. an economic argument to that as well development economics ka ek to ye ke ji british ne railways banayi british ne ports banaye british ne bade shehar banaye you know wo kehte hain ki karachi ko lahore ko mumbai ko calcutta ko inhone develop kiya wo kiske liye kiya inhone wo to inki apna 
आप नोटिस करें उन सारे शहर की लोकेशन जो ब्रिटिश ने डिवेलप किए दे ऑल फेल ऑन ट्रेड रूट जो कि ब्रिटिश को प्रॉफिट करते थे रेलवे नेटवर्क ऑल फेल ऑन ट्रेड रूट जो ब्रिटिश को प्रॉफिट करते थे जो पार्ट्स ऑफ इंडिया वर नॉट कंसिडर्ड वैल्यूबल जैसे इंटीरियर इंडिया या हो उस एरिया को तो उन्होंने बिल्कुल कम्प्लीटली डिस्ट्रॉय किया उसको तो उधर तो कोई भी ये कॉन्सेप्ट नहीं है इस तरह का डेवलपमेंट का या फाटा हो गया उसको इन्होंने अनसिविलाइज फ्रंटियर बोल के तो उसको तबाह किया तो वो किस पे हम पे एहसान नहीं किया वो अपना फायदा कर रहे थे yeah definitely definitely okay. and and also one more thing that i would you know it, it's and it's not just how they dealt with the colonies in terms of their internal politics it was also down to you know the the, the foreign policy that the british had you know if you can call it that um the foreign policy that the british had during the early years of their early years of colonization was also had indirect impacts on communal and social ties in india like one example that i keep bringing up this is slightly humorous also but at the same time it points to a very you know points to the sheer matlab shattering of the social fabric that was happening directly as a result of british foreign policy so while the the first balkan war right before the first world war uh, was going on between the balkan states and the ottoman empire um so the british were very openly backing the balkan states because they had interests against uh, the ottoman empire of course and obviously you are ruling over a large population of muslims in south asia who look at the ottoman empire as you know the last real uh matlab beacon of hope for muslim uh, for the muslim for muslim presence in the world you know one space where the muslims are still in power so they have their sentiments again uh, they have their sentiments with the ottoman empire and this is something we all study when we study the khilafat movement so when you have a government a uh, foreign government very openly backing a state against another another empire which hold, which you have your sentiments attached to it has an impact on how you conduct yourself right so sure uh, one of the examples that i like to you know go back to is this village right outside pune this is again in the intelligence abstracts of bombay and sindh when you look at it 1912 i think um a village right outside uh, pune which is basically you know uh, which has these choti choti bastiyan basically kuch musalmanon ki hain aur kuch uh, isaiyon ki hain now jahan pe rehne wale isai log sare native hain sare native indians are so they are as further from the policy making decisions that the british are having as the muslims are the only reason why and you know these are communities that live together generally they have trade ties they have you know they work matlab wahi jo hamza ne baat ki thi community resilience ki matlab mushkil halat mein kaise saath mein kaam karna hai just to alleviate your uh, problems these communities know this thing well but just because your government is backing the balkans against the ottomans the balkans being very very clearly christian and the ottomans being very clearly muslim just because this thing is happening and in terms of foreign policy the british are backing the balkans it increases animosity between native indian muslims and native indian christians you have instances of muslim farmers letting their raging bulls loose in christian basties just because you know 
आपके मतलब ईसाई ब्रदर्स मतलब है ना हमारे मुस्लिम ब्रदर्स को वहां पे मार रहे हैं एवरीथिंग सो दिस इज अनदर रीजन व्हाई ऑल ऑफ दिस इज वेरी मतलब दिस इज नॉट डायरेक्टली डायरेक्टली कॉज्ड बाय ब्रिटिश मिलिट्री बट इट इज वेरी इनडायरेक्टली इट इज इनडायरेक्टली लिंक्ड इट हैज अ लॉट ऑफ इंपैक्ट द फॉरेन पॉलिसी हैज अ लॉट ऑफ इंपैक्ट ऑन हाउ पीपल ऑन द ग्राउंड आर कंडक्टिंग देमसेल्व्स और आल्सो हिज राइटिंग या राइटिंग ऑफ हिस्ट्री सॉरी मैं टू ऐड टू दिस पॉइंट कि राइटिंग ऑफ हिस्ट्री एज़ वेल द आईडिया ये जो ट्रॉप्स हमारे पास आ जाए कि मुस्लिम रूलर्स एज डेस्पॉट्स एंड के लोग रहते थे एक गरीब عوام के ऊपर दिस वाज सोल्ड बाय ब्रिटिश आपके प्रॉब्लमेटिक पॉइंट्स है ना हिस्ट्री के जिस पे लड़ाई है मुसलमान हिंदुओं की सोमनाथ हो गया ये हो गया दे डिड नॉट एग्जिस्ट इन मुगल टाइम्स या उससे पहले दीस वर ऑल इंट्रोड्यूस्ड बाय द ब्रिटिश ये हिस्ट्री में उन्होंने इंट्रोड्यूस कराया है ये बेसिकली दे रोट रीरोट हिस्ट्री इन अ वे कि उससे ये लगे कि इंडिया बहुत एक अजीम सिविलाइजेशन थी मुसलमानों के आने से वो स्टैग्नेट हो गई और फिर ब्रिटिश ने उसको आके दोबारा से प्रोग्रेस में डाला बंगाल फेमिन पे तो बात काफी की है उसमें मैं बात यही करूंगा absolve him of this and i would like to point out like two akhri baatein jo meri hain pehli ye hai i love ke how a lot of people quote this uh, article by you know the churchill trust or something ke ji churchill innocent tha that's like main jo na ke main koi khol lo aur main kehta hu ji hasan said jo hai na wo wo bari ho jate hain so that is problematic and that is that is to be question and dusra ye hai ke baqaida reports have shown के वट एवर रीजन जो के नजर आती हैं या दी जाती हैं इन डिफेंस ऑफ फ्यूचर आर रॉन्ग फॉर एग्जाम्पल कहा जाता था कि जी क्रॉप साल अच्छी नहीं आई बाकायदा सॉइल के जो टेस्टिकुलर ईयर कोई फर्क नहीं पड़ना था जरा स्टोरीज के जिस जापान बर्मा ने आके अटैक करना था वहाँ से वहाँ से बंगाल अपनी जो है एक्सपोर्ट करता था क्रॉप सॉरी इम्पोर्ट करता था कम्प्लीटली फॉल्स एज वेल so basically what it boils down to as i pointed out earlier be is ke for these people brown lives matter less we should be thankful ke churchill ne ji churchill ne decision liya it was war in a war if you supposed to defend your people the wouldn't they accept ke churchill was you know my ancestors leader i still blame him for the fact that he my what kind of a leader is he what kind of freedom is he fighting for if mere anaj hai aaj aap which i feel is very important is ki a lot of these things that we discussed in this podcast we think that they are told they happen to be really when you reach i would like to point out in the gulf in three some british prisoners that the life even if they weren't directly impacted by it they might have known some people who were they were my two great uncles fought in the war Uh, for the under the british army i i know this this is not history this is as shows pointed out this is a lived experience that is this is a lived experience and 
it's an experience that the last one generation, generation and we need to reclaim this so, yeah.